Welcome to another episode. I am V, and this is the Sussex Set. Look, I was about to record this podcast, and then I said, you know what? Let me check on Twitter, see what the girl's up to. And um, Harry's doing some more bitches, so <laughs> let's get started. Um, I'm going to skip the charity spotlight this week just because, you know, it's it's there's no way to really even transition from that to this. Um, of course, this, this, this one is about the statement, but... Um, yeah, updates also, but I haven't even had the chance to talk about the tour yet. Um, my schedule has changed a lot, but I did do a video series on the tour. So that's a nice little um, collection of videos for anybody who just wants to look back at that. That's why I haven't recorded a podcast um, on my usual Thursday. I'm working my schedule out, you know, but um Obviously, I know a lot of you guys wanted to um, hear my take on the new <laughs> the new developments besides the tour. And so this is that I might actually have to do a couple of videos, sort of make it a series just on this topic alone, because it appears that it is ongoing. Of course, it is. Any legal process is slow. But um, yeah, Harry's not done. He was just beginning the conversation, it appears. And so um, I'm a little bit giddy. (laughs) So anyway, that's what this is. No charity spotlight for this episode. So bear with me for a second. Uh, I know many of you guys have read the statement. I, as a podcast host, have to always consider that there are many people, or at least more than a few, who haven't Maybe maybe they don't even know this statement exists. The majority of you, sure, you do. But honestly, it bears repeating. So I just really want to quickly read through the statement. You can skip ahead if you don't want to go through it. Um, but just to kind of map out the episode for you, because I honestly don't know how long this episode is going to be. Uh, I'm going to talk about the statement, read the statement, talk about the statement, and and kind of hit on how people reacted to the statement because it truthfully, it really was unprecedented. I think with the the depth of the statement, uh, the emotional depth of the statement and where, where he's coming from with that, because he is a father, he is a husband. Whereas the statement in 2016, although that was a first too, he he didn't know how angry the press could make him until he's now on this side of his marriage to Megan and now has a father and uh, I'm sorry, is a father and has a son he he needs to protect. So I want to talk about the reaction to it and what, what we are looking to expect going forward. Again, we already see more of it happening. uh, And I haven't even, you know, started the podcast yet. So turns out that part was true, but, um, yeah, so the statement itself, it's striking because his name is at, the, is at the top, even though the statement is primarily about his wife and her choice to take legal action because the Daily Mail is being sued by her. They're not being sued by him. It was her letter that they published and manipulated and chopped up. And, you know, so his name is at the top. Those are his words. That's his statement. You know, so that alone 
that says a lot to me, to me. Before anybody even reads the statement, you know who the he is coming from. So the statement reads as follows. As a couple, we believe in media freedom and objective, truthful reporting. We regard it as a cornerstone of democracy and in the current state of the world, on every level, we have never needed responsible media more. Unfortunately, my wife has become one of the latest victims of the British tabloid press that wages campaigns against individuals with no thought to the consequences, a ruthless campaign that has escalated over the past year throughout her pregnancy and while raising our newborn son. There is a human cost to this relentless propaganda, specifically when it is knowingly false and malicious. And though we have continued to put on a brave face, as so many of you can relate to, I cannot begin to describe how painful it has been. Because in today's digital age, press fabrications are repurposed as truth across the globe. And one day's coverage is no longer tomorrow's chip paper. Up to now, We have been unable to correct the continual misrepresentations, something that select media outlets have been aware of and have therefore exploited on a daily and sometimes hourly basis. It is for this reason we are taking legal action, a process that has been many months in the making. The positive coverage of the past week from these same publications exposes the double standard of this specific press pack that has vilified her almost daily for the past nine months. They have been able to create lie after lie at her expense simply because she has not been visible while on maternity leave. She is the same woman she was a year ago on our wedding day, just as she is the same woman you've seen on this Africa tour. For these select media, this is a game and one that we have been unwilling to play from the start. I have been a silent witness to her private suffering for too long. To stand back and do nothing would be contrary to everything we believe in. This particular legal action hinges on one incident and a long and disturbing pattern of behavior by British tabloid media. The contents of a private letter were published unlawfully in an intentionally destructive manner to manipulate you, the reader, and further the divisive agenda of the media group in question. In addition to their unlawful publication of this private document, they purposely misled you by strategically omitting select paragraphs, specific sentences, and even singular words to mask the lies they had perpetuated for over a year. There comes a point when the only thing to do is to stand up to this behavior because it destroys people and destroys lives. Put simply, it is bullying, which scares and silences people. We all know this isn't acceptable at any level. We won't and can't believe in a world where there is no accountability for this. Though this action may not be the safe one, it is the right one. Because my deepest fear is history repeating itself. I've seen what happens when someone I love is commoditized to the point that they are no longer treated or seen as a real person. I lost my mother, and now I watch my wife falling victim to the same powerful forces. We thank you, the public, for your continued support. It is hugely appreciated. Although it may not seem like it, we really need it. And then the statement goes on to specifically list the suit and why they're suing 
underneath it. So if you've seen it, you know what I'm referring to. If you haven't seen it, just go to the website, sussexofficial.uk, and you can see the, the full statement in its entirety. So listen here, my understanding, interpretation, analysis, whatever you want to call it, of that entire statement in general is that Harry is tired of their bullshit, period. Period, sis. So um, <laughs> uh, Harry's tired of the bullshit. And before I even talk about what other people think about the statement, I just want to talk about my personal thoughts and opinions on it. Because when I saw the statement, um, this was the day before they left Africa. I, I only had like 15 or, or 20 minutes to read it before I had to go back and do other things. But um, like, I, I mean, like I got I got chills. I, I couldn't really believe that I was reading it because... For so long, and it's, I mean, like he he didn't leave anything off. For so long, people who are bullying Harry and Meghan, they thought that, oh, well, you know, because they're royal, royals don't do anything. They don't fight back. They don't push back. Minimally, they do. If it's one thing or another, they'll release a little Buckingham Palace statement. Sis, this, like, nobody expected this kind of statement not from Harry and especially not while on tour with the same people he's talking about so first and foremost well done to my good buddy Harry uh because he said that y'all are about to suffer these consequences and repercussions because y'all refuse to keep my wife's name about your mouth that was a read some of y'all might not be familiar with the term. That was a read. And honestly, there's not much anybody else can add or say for the statement because he read the girls for filth. Dontrell did that. So first of all, he said a lot. But in a statement like that, while he's laying it out there, I understand that there's a lot that Harry left unsaid. As a writer, when I read, I'm always looking for subtext. That's what I read for. That's what that's what my entertainment actually comes from. So keep in mind that it's always there. And boy, there was a lot of it in that. And I won't act like I know exactly what Harry is thinking, but because he said almost down to the phrasing, the exact sentiments that people like me and you guys on Twitter have been saying really for the last two or three years about the tabloid coverage of Megan. I mean, he literally left no stone unturned and he didn't waste time. But not only that, I feel like Harry, well, obviously he wanted the girls to know that he was talking to them. Like, like I get so much satisfaction out of that. I get so much satisfaction out of that. You know, because first of all, Harry and Meghan could have easily and quietly posted the media statement on their website or some part about legal action without the statement. But, oh, no, Harry had a lot to get off of his chest. And frankly, that's why people like him, because he has always been someone who speaks his mind, someone who doesn't allow himself to be restricted by this idea of how royal should act or even Brits or English people should act. 
He's never restricted himself to that. And thank God, because he gave the entire tabloid media the dressing down that they deserved. So he immediately talked about his wife being the target, not himself, Megan. That statement was about Megan. Um, And he left no questions as to why he's done keeping his mouth closed about it. He said, my wife is just the latest victim. The latest. This is what the tabloid media does. They look to make people their victims. They are, again, heartless, shameless thugs. I believe Harry thinks they're thugs too. And hoodlums and hooligans and whatever else y'all want to call them. And while this was months in the making, I'm pretty sure if it was ever a question in Harry's mind as to whether to release the statement itself, because the lawsuits were already drafted. But if anything pushed Harry over the edge with regards to this statement, I'm guessing that it's what happened with Gareth Thomas and Ben Stokes, and especially Gareth Thomas. And speaking of Gareth Thomas, it was really nice to see him support Harry after this, too, because as we know, he knows firsthand what it's like to be on the receiving end of this bullying. But what the tabloids did to him was cruel. And something like that shows me that they're making it clear that they will stop at nothing. Um, In the statement, Harry calls them that specific segment of the media or this specific group. He refers to them over and over. I think he's just trying to make it clear that he's not talking about the British press as a whole. It's the tabloids. But he's, I mean, in no uncertain terms, he's pointing out specifically who he's talking to and by all appearances, he's suing their asses too. So um, those are the thugs. That's who I refer to when I say thug, thugs and hoodlums. It's specifically the tabloids. And well, anyway, respect to Harry for reading an entire list of grievances against the tabloids. And honestly, he he laid it out there. Um, they bullied his wife like she was nothing. And as he said, you escalated it while she was pregnant. And nursing our son. And just thinking about it, the fact that a person actually needs to say that because they've experienced that, it's insane. I'm not sure why England allows that. Like why people allow publications like this to continually exist and thrive. I just don't get it. And some people like to say, well, Megan knows what she got into. She knows what she married into. She married into it. I've heard that really since she got engaged. And while that may be true to some extent, and Harry did warn her about how different life would be, even when they were just dating, I don't think either of them had any idea that it would be as vile as what they've experienced and that they'd have to put up with daily assassinations on their character. And truly, it's Megan they're after. Megan is the one. And so, yeah, she does put on a brave face when she goes out, but I don't know a single human being who can put up with what she's had to put up with. And I don't even think Harry anticipated it would be 
this bad. Maybe he was warning her about the constraints that she would be under with regard to security or maybe just in her daily operating. This, this is, this is a, this is like a manhunt. This is a, it's deliberate, it's designed, it's, it's an attempt to make their lives miserable. And just as soon as Megan said anything about it, about what she might have been experiencing behind closed doors, like, they pounced on it. I feel like what she said to Pharrell at the Lion King premiere, some people don't think she was referring to the tabloid press and how they they hound her when she said, well, they don't make it easy. But I think she was. Nobody can verify that she was or wasn't, but I think she was because she's a human being. And we have confirmation that she was being affected by this, as Harry said, quietly suffering. So strong people, yes, they can deal with a lot, but nobody is invincible. And I had felt for the longest time that there was no way that Megan could ignore a daily onslaught like that. And definitely Harry wasn't about to. I told y'all from the beginning, Harry keeps names. He said himself, I want to know who wrote what, what publication it came from. And this was when he was in his 20s. He said he pays attention. He didn't even know Megan existed when he said that. The game don't change just because you got married. In fact, you want to know, you maybe want to know every detail because now you got to protect. And clearly, bro was keeping notes. <laughs> he was, he, he probably has a whole notebook Google Drive, whatever, whatever you putting stuff on nowadays, dedicated to to names that he's kept track of, to articles that that he's kept track of, lies that's been told that he's kept track of. My God, I stand a petty king, but really, when your lives are at risk, are you being petty by defending yourself? No, you're not. But um, there's no way that you can come away emotionally unscathed when you're looking at the bullying that they've received up to this point. While pregnant and as a new mom, absolutely not. She has the right to speak on that to whomever she pleases, whenever she pleases, it's her right. So I, I'm of the belief, again, I can't confirm, but I'm of the belief that she was talking about the daily attacks that she suffered because no, they don't make it easy. Y'all know there are people who read these tabloids who, who want to believe every word, even if deep down they don't. The people who write these things, a lot of them are right wing. They're writing them for the same types of people who yelled at Megan when she was in New York in her baby shower, talking about the charlatan duchess. That bitch reads the sun. She reads the mirror. She reads the daily mail. She reads all that bull crap that, seeks to turn people against them. And what I don't understand is how people can allow that type of energy to exist, knowing full well whenever Harry and Meghan, they go out and they have their engagements and they're greeting the public and they're going all these different places overseas and in these different countries, that energy is not matched by the tabloid lies. 
There's a major discrepancy there. But nobody, like at least in England, because there is a lot of pushback in terms of people that um, notice it in America, even American media outlets, news outlets, print to internet outlets and magazines. But they talk about the ridiculousness of it. But I don't understand why people in England, like maybe it's because it's 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 a small world, like the journalism world, and it's sort of intersects with the royal reporting and all of that stuff. But I I would like to see people in British media, legitimate British media, call that shit out. I'd never see people over there talking about how ridiculous it is. Therefore, it continues and continues. And then Harry has to do something like this in order to push back a little bit because they need room to fucking live and breathe. Because this is not how they're about to live the rest of their lives. You know what I'm saying? It's just like the standard is so low. And I'm not trying to shade England. I'm not trying to shade British folks. But how? The National Enquirer is not on par. That's our American tabloid, one of them. Everybody over here knows that that's not on par with even a Vogue magazine. It's not on par with Time magazine. But somehow the Daily Mail and the Sun, and I understand it is not quite on par, but why do they get, why do they get the headlines? Like, why do they get, why did their shit get traction? I don't understand that. Nothing from the National Enquirer gets traction unless something like what happened with Jeff Bezos happens. Or there's some ties with the president of the United States who happens to be a clown right now because he has ties with the National Enquirer. That's the only time they make the news. That's the only time anything they put out actually makes a real legitimate news cycle. But the Daily Mail, people refer to that shit all the time over there. Houseway. I, so I, I like that's part of really what is at the root of my frustration, because I don't understand if you know it's crap. How does like how does it continue to be legitimized? They targeted Megan from the beginning, I guess, because they felt like she's an easy target. Only here lately have they really been trying to target the both of them because they both flew on a, a, a private plane to go visit Elton John. But like everybody knows that Megan is the primary target. I don't know if y'all remember recently, uh, Paul McCartney did an interview with the BBC and he said, leave her alone. Even though he knows she's married to Harry. Leave her alone. He knows even just, I I don't really imagine Paul McCartney reads a whole lot of tabloids. But again, it still spills out into the mainstream. So, or maybe again, maybe it's mainstream over there. But even just a casual observer can understand that they're targeting her. Harry even said in his statement, he put the emphasis on her. She has been the, the victim of bullies. Yeah, you're trying to destroy our lives, but she's the one you're going after. And of course, we know why that is. She's the only one who is non-white. And get this, Harry didn't have to talk about her blackness in his statement because he already did it in a statement three whole ass years ago. He already talked about that. And there are people who... And I've been seeing this a lot lately because I guess I've been talking about it a little bit more 
There are people who are so allergic to any discussion about race, any discussion about her ethnicity, when we know that that is the only thing that makes her a target. Because as a royal, she's pretty much more impressive than everybody. Everybody. And I said what I said. Everybody. And so when I say that her blackness is the issue, and people say, oh, well, you know what? You're pulling the race card. It has nothing to do with her race. When I tell you that I go through my my YouTube comments or I see a comment along those lines on Twitter, when I tell you that it never fails, that that person is anti-Megan, because what usually follows is it's not about her race. It's because she's a diva. It's not about her race. It's because she's spending the taxpayer's money. It's not about her race. It's because she's trying to be a celebrity. You don't like Megan. But it's like everybody who says it's not about her race, they have these non-legitimate critiques of her. And I'm not saying she's above. I've said this before. I'm not one of these people who think that anybody is above criticism. I just don't think that because everybody's human. Everybody's human. But you can't point to one thing that Megan has done that causes her to deserve any of what she's gone through since she's been married. But I know the press and the media, even legitimate media, is often racially biased. So you're telling me the tabloids are not racially biased? And so it's not about her race? Everybody knows it's about her race. But you know what? Partly is about her race. But I feel like I'm glad that Harry didn't actually mention that in this statement, even though I know he knows that to be true. Because just like when he talked about his mom, they're trying to use any and every little thing to delegitimize what he's feeling, delegitimize the statement itself. Oh, well, you can't pull the Diana card. I'm glad that he didn't say anything about her her non-whiteness because bigots love to, to, they're the ones who use the race card. You know, if we mention race and you show me you're allergic to the topic altogether, you're probably the bigot I thought you were. So, Harry, you don't have to say it. I'll do it. I'll say it. But the quiet suffering part, uh, when he mentioned that in the statement, like that's the part that actually makes me a little bit sad. And it makes me sad for her and Harry because Megan has been a shield for the entire institution since she's been in the family. And think about it. Imagine the battering that one has to take in order to be a shield for an institution like the English monarchy. And then to take that battering and not be able to say or do anything to make it stop. I think that's a big reason as to why this statement is so loaded, because that's not a secret to anybody. That's not a secret to anybody. When the queen's son pals around with a man who has an entire island devoted to predation and that hardly gets covered, but everybody wants to talk about Megan wanting to spend time with her friends at Wimbledon without somebody jamming a phone in her face. Y'all would rather talk about that. That's, that's her being a shield for the royal family. You know it. I know it. Harry knows it. She knows it. The queen knows it. So, yes, it was time for him to say something. But in truth... 
just reading the statement, Harry was bound to say something eventually anyway, because I think about it like this. Harry is someone who knows how the British media are. And having had this loaded anger, both from his days as a boy, now as a husband and father, it's hard to keep that inside. And who knows, some of that anger could be fed by seeing this institution. And again, I ain't gonna say no specific names. I think the queen should always be responsible for her institution because she's at the head of it. But besides, I'd have named them all anyway by this point. But for that institution, for him to witness that institution sitting on its hands, as the two of them endure the crap that is being thrown at them daily, that would be kind of angering, I think. This is a couple who has been targeted by white supremacists because Harry chose to marry a woman of color. And now he's having to look at this woman in the face on a daily basis while she's pregnant and while she's nursing his son, while she's doing all of this work for charity, and while the tabloids go after her again, her alone. I don't know anyone in the modern royal family other than Diana who has ever had to face that kind of stress and angst by themselves behind closed doors. Well, Megan isn't by herself. And poor Diana did have to face hers pretty much by herself for much of her royal life. Well, Harry said, I'm not leaving my wife to fend for herself. Hmm. And Diana did say her baby boy was more like her than his daddy. And she said what she said. And he saw how his mom was treated both on the inside and on the outside. And he saw how she was hounded. And kids, whether they intend to or not, they carry their parents' grudges. Some of them, not all of them, but they do carry some of those into adulthood. And while he's never verbally acknowledged it, not publicly, he is literally, this is my opinion, he's literally living his retribution by how he operates and by how he carries himself. He's not afraid. Unlike Diana, who, who really did have reason to be. He feels empowered in ways that she couldn't. So the way I see it, it's almost a responsibility that he takes on himself to push back, not just for him and his family, but for his mama. Now, some of y'all can disagree. That's what I feel. Because she should have had somebody speaking up for her in the way that Harry is speaking up for his wife. That's important to him, for him to feel like he's making his mother proud. And he might be fearful on his wife's behalf or his son's behalf, but that boy done been to war. There aren't a whole lot of people who can scare that man. But again, it's not just him now. You know, and people put up with a lot of bullying if it's just them. You can easily brush something off or brush somebody off if they're just trying to pick on you. Because it's just you. But girl, you jumped out the window when you thought you could bully Megan. And face no consequences, girl. Because honestly, I, <laughs> and I thought this before I saw the daily, what was it, the mirror lawsuit and the, um, the sun lawsuit. But when I read that statement, I said, you know, they, they really 
woke the beast. They woke the beast. He's alive and well. They just didn't know it. They didn't realize it. They thought they had him cornered. But he said, I'm not leaving my wife and and son out here to be y'all's target. So in short, I feel like Harry was saying with his statement, I love my wife. I will protect my wife at all costs, sis. Period, sis. <laughs> I hope y'all saw my uh, my little attempt at um, at Photoshop with Harry. <laughs> Cause yeah, uh, he he he's he's not really messing around. Um, you don't need a statement by Harry for him to know that he loves his wife, to know that he will protect his wife. But it's just confirmation. It's that verbal con- confirmation that the girls obviously needed because I think people really thought that Harry and Meghan were just going to hope it stopped one day. Well, now they know better. And um, I think Harry is also saying he's going to be an example for his son. What you thought was acceptable practice, tabloid media, it's about to be the albatross around your neck because this statement just exposed them to people who had no idea how the tabloid media in Britain operates. Um, And guess what else? Harry's saying, I'm not that little boy y'all thought I was. I'm not even teenage me or 20-something me. I will knock the taste out of your... Nah, he didn't say that. But I think figuratively he is saying that about his wife and his child. Y'all can try my friend if y'all want to. But he's not playing any games. He said it himself. He literally said, we are not playing the games that y'all are trying to get us to play. Whether it's, y'all need to do the Lindo wing, or you need to show us your baby, or, you know, you can't keep your baby's godparents private. Tell us um, tell us their names, or we'll, we'll call you a diva. Those are games. Those are childish games being played by adults. Okay? Um... Harry's saying we're not playing those games. And again, it's no secret that the tabloid media, they play games with people's lives. That's the thing. It's not just some fun or joking thing that they're doing. They literally threatened to post someone's HIV status. They literally broke that news to Gareth Thomas's mother and she had no clue. They took pictures of Princess Diana when she needed help. These people do not care. And I know Harry, you know, if you ask me, and I know he can't really... (laughs) say what he really feels but he was he he might have been a little too nice in the statement because they deserve far worse but i understand you know at some point it would become counterproductive but not really because he still got the lawsuits at the end of the day anyway there are folks in the royal family who do play those games with the tabloid press them other folks do that they even have their own tabloid called the tatler So they play games. They're about those games. The Tatler called Megan a social climber. Those weren't the words that they used. So not only do them other folks 
play those games, they're contributing to the culture that has Harry and Meghan at the receiving end of it. Here's something else I liked. Sis is perfectly capable of writing her own statement. After all, it is her lawsuit, not Harry's. It's Meghan's. But Harry said, you know what? Let me shield you for once. And if they have a problem with this statement, let them address me. Because again, Harry's name is right at the top. So he said, address me. And I think that's what a man in the situation should do. Because Megan has been through enough abuse. And just because the critics and the tabloids think that their hands are tied behind their back, it doesn't mean that they actually are. And now we're seeing all the evidence of it. Of course, if Megan did write the statement, there would be like no shortage of people, especially those middle aged Beckys um, who already jump at every opportunity to criticize Megan. Oh, my God, they would have a field day with it. But you see that even now they're hesitant to come at Harry directly. And some people are still skipping over Harry just so they can criticize Megan for Harry's statement. He literally made himself a target willingly and Hose is still out here shooting at Megan. It's unbelievable, really. And so, of course, a statement like this had to be made. Also, I love that he addressed the nature of the tabloids and how the lies they create hang around. Yes, we are inundated with information. We're in the digital age, and but not all information is good information. And it's not like they create a lie one day and then move to the next lie the next day. They do that too. And that's bad enough. But in many ways, these tabloids, they create a lie and then they build on a lie. Like they build a whole ass house on the lie. And then another paper will create another lie and then they'll start building on the lie or whatever false narrative that they want people to latch on to. So there's depth to the harassment. It's not just some bull crap that everybody like, again, this guy left no stone unturned. He said it himself. People don't just throw the stuff away now. And, and it's not just restricted to a physical piece of paper that you're holding in your hand. It's on the Internet. And so now it's around the world within seconds. And people are, you know, I think he gives <laughs> his kind. He gives more credit to tabloid readers than they deserve. And he was talking about you, the reader. But in truth, again, too kind. And I see where he was going, but the people who read that stuff, they are not looking for the truth when they read it. But then again, as somebody said in my YouTube comments, the difference between American tabloid culture and British tabloid culture is that British readers actually believe what they read. I mean, I don't really think that as a population, Brits are that crazy. You know, like Remy Ma say, are you dumb? I don't think I don't think that's the case. But I think, again, it kind of goes back to how people regard the industry itself. We don't regard tabloids over here at all. And I know there are people who who don't regard British tabloids either. But there's enough people that do buy them, that read them as if it's truth that allows them to exist 
on the level that they do. And yes, even though it is a dying industry, they still make profits in the time where nearly everything they write is debunked or roundly ridiculed. Somebody's reading it, though. So mm, you, the reader, is probably you, the critic. You, the hater. That, that's what I think. But again, that was the diplomatic portion of that statement, you know, uh, but people are people people re- they're reading what they want to read. That's my opinion. That's my opinion. But again, their problem isn't with the people who buy them. Their, their problem is with the people who write them. And that's understandable. I told y'all this was long. And so here's something else. I also feel as though Harry and Meghan are acting with their children in mind. And this might be something that gets a tiny bit touchy. And I'm not really trying to, but just be forewarned. But I think that each parent can see themselves having to answer to their children when their children get older and start to ask certain questions. And them being so visible, their lives are public. Like for Harry, every single stage of his life is public, right? Maybe not to the degree that his dad's was or his grandmother or brother his life is public but like he he wants to carve out a little bit of pri- just a little bit of privacy he ain't gonna be your king girl but compared to the average person his life is public Megan's is as well you know so imagine Archie looking at his parents with questions about this moment in time and so how will a 10 year old Archie what will he ask or a 20 year old Archie or a 30 year old Archie? They're all going to have questions. He just will. And one of them will be, well, dad, what did you do? How did you guys handle that? And maybe now their kids won't have to ask them that because the answers will be right there in this public record. Sadly, though, their battle will be public. But at least the battle was waged because Archie will look back and see his father protecting his mother and protecting him. To me, that's really one of the things that makes me so proud of Harry for doing what he's doing. Harry and Meghan, but Harry's, Harry's again, Harry's the one who made himself a target. That's by design. And again, it's still sad that it happened this way, but it's better to look back and see something than to look back and see nothing, you know, to see no actions being taken. And I said the thing about it being touchy because in some ways, and I don't like to talk about Diana's pain and suffering too much, but I'll say it like this, and I'm nobody to even say it in the first place, but I have often wondered how like a 20-year-old Harry or 25-year-old Harry felt looking at the lack of protection his own mother had, you know, because it's different when you're a kid and you're living it and that, you know, it's just your life. And, you know, when you're a kid, you don't think about that type of stuff. But when you're an adult, you look back, you see your parents as human, but you also see the dark side of human beings, too. And in that unique situation that Harry was brought up in and that he lives in and how he hit the standard that he set for himself as a man now 
within that context. I've, I just wonder what what did he feel looking back? Because his mother clearly needed protection and not just the physical kind, but the emotional kind. His mom was someone who was hounded and commoditized. And his father, being who he was, someone with a lot of power to shore up her protection. I just wonder how a child feels looking back on a public record like that. Now, I'm someone who thinks that death is the only thing that can end Harry and Meghan's marriage. But in some world where, let's say, they're not together, I still see Harry protecting the mother of his children. Period. And we all know people like that. You remain cordial even though you're not together for the sake of your children. I'm sure Charles has regrets. And I have empathy for that, believe it or not, because hindsight is 2020. And ultimately, as Harry said, it was the greedy press that chased her to her demise. But Harry is determined to protect and fight for what is right. It's always right to do the right thing. And also the end of the statement with regard to that. I I said the moment I saw the statement and that it existed, that Harry and Meghan, they know they have support out here. And I honestly, they have acknowledged their supporters. They, you know, they know people are out here supporting them. And of obviously some of it has been um highly publicized with support from Ellen and and Elton John and uh, just different people that they know personally that have spoken up on their behalf. And here in the statement, he acknowledges it again and directly, right, in a way that, as he said, we need this support. I mean, that's, that's quite incredible because we all know how hard it is to admit vulnerability or admit that you're afraid for some reason or have felt pain, especially if you're someone who is among the most privileged people in the world. But again, it goes back to the fact that at the end of the day, these are human lives and there is a cost. And this is an unnecessary cost. You know, that girl could have lost her baby. You know what I'm saying? Like that, I don't care what elite group you count yourself among. That's messed up. You understand? So at the heart of it, it's really something serious. But I really certainly appreciate Harry for telling people, you know what? You may not think we need it, but we do need your support. Because our lives are trying to be destroyed right now. And that, like, that really, it made me feel good, but it also made me so sad. Because there's nothing worse than feeling alone in something. And to me, again, subtext, that that statement right there, it highlights the fact that they don't have support within the royal family. They don't. It doesn't seem like they do. And you can't tell me that if Harry and Meghan were Will and Kate, the Duchess of in Sussex of 
oops, the Duchess and Duke of Cambridge. And Will was somehow the second born, but he they were the popular ones and they were going through what Harry and Meghan were. You're not finna sit here and tell me that Harry being who he is and Meghan being who she is would not say something in support of them. That's why I don't really mess with Will and Kate like that. Or at all, really. And, I, you know, I'm sorry, Harry. I know that's your family and all of that. But um, there's no way I see Harry and Meghan just sitting on the hands knowing that their little brother or even older brother was being bullied like this. And I don't see how, honestly, how anybody else, Charles the Queen girl. I, 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 anyway, anyway, that's a rabbit hole I want to go down. I already went down, but they need the support. And they will continue to get it, which is great. Good for Harry. Harry friend, good for you. Now, just briefly, I want to touch on the timing and placement of the statement. The statement was released on the second to last day of the Africa tour. Everything about that is deliberate. And it seems like a giant screw you to the tabloid press before they all got on a plane to go back to England. A petty king is what I said. That's what Harry is. I, I mean, like, I I, <laughs> I, think that that is masterful. You know, that's the part where I cackled because, like, the audacity of you to smile in our faces on this tour. Like you think we're just the best thing ever. And then as soon as you get back to England, you're back to your vile lies. You tell the truth about her on tour and you write great articles about her while we're on tour because you see her for who she always has been. And of course, it's easy for them to tell the truth when they're around her because they're writing about what they're seeing, but back in England, all they have are their quote-unquote sources and quote-unquote insiders who are nobodies because Harry has iced them all out. And so when they go back to England, they get mad again. They realize where they are, how hard it is for them to actually have anything to say about them. And so they make up lies. Like, they have access on the tour so they're happy. But when they go home, they resort to behaving like children because they know that they're not getting their way with the Sussexes in the way that they're used to getting their way with other people in the royal family. And as Harry said, he's not playing their games. And I love that he slapped them across the face the day before they all left Africa. <laughs> that was to slap her around the world, okay? And the fact that the media are calling it a dark cloud, girl, you're the only one getting rained on. That's just y'all. That was like the crown jewel of the tour. The tour was great, and it it's going to go down in history as a, a good tour. But, wow, what a boss move. And then the delivery, Harry said, oh, we got a website too, boo. <laughs> like, he said, the only thing on our website is this read y'all finna get. Like, I, I absolutely love that. Even Ellen posted the link. <laughs> hey, so y'all just go to uh, sussexofficial.uk and um, 
and then you show up and that's all it is. That's it. Ain't no tabs, ain't no nothing. No links, girl. Just a read. Just a statement. That was a statement. Oh, y'all want some more details about Sussex Royal Foundation? Well, here go her website. Here y'all go. <laughs> like, I, I'm petty, so I love this type of stuff. I don't know that it was really intended to be received that way, but that's how I received it. Because if you're telling me off in front of the whole world and you gave the whole world the link to the read, then, yeah, I'm going to think that was by design. I love it. And finally, I just want to touch on the reaction to the statement, the reaction from the press, right? The the tabloid press, the targeted, uh, the recipient of the statement. Um, that reaction was to be expected. But really, both sides of that coin, the reactions were um, to be expected because the tabloids will categorize it as a cloud, as they said, or emotional or you know, what else, that he was lashing out. And like I told someone on on Twitter, it casts a cloud on them, not anybody else. It casts a cloud on the people who are defensive about it in the first place. So I'm not going to go back and forth with the same people that bully them over those people's reaction to it. Like, they know who they are the people in this industry and they know what they do and what they've done on a daily basis. I'm not going to argue with them when they're on Twitter being defensive about it. Girl, just get your papers in order. Contact your lawyer, perhaps, you know, or consult your, your, your employer's legal department and maybe go back over what you wrote because you know, they was lies. And I mean, can we, we, we probably run out of fingers counting the number of, quote unquote, corrections that these tabloids have made after they've been caught in lies. You know, so uh, just get your papers in order, girl. Stay off of Twitter. Stop trying to convince people that Harry's just on some emotional tirade. Um, get your shit together because I ain't finna argue with you. But what does irk me, though, is people, whether they're the actual tabloid writers or um, just general critics of, of Harry and Meghan, it annoys me when people are acting as if Harry cannot invoke his own mother, knowing full well that that part of the industry, they played a part in her death. Like, how did they expect Harry to forget that? And I think they know Harry well enough to know that, of course, he's going to mention that. He knows how he felt as a kid. And if he's feeling those same feelings as a father and a husband now, he has the right to speak on that. Like this is his life he's talking about. He's not talking about anybody else's life. Both William and Harry have the right to protect their families from the press. Luckily for the Cambridges, um, they don't have to really worry about this type of nonsense, but Harry does, and he's determined to protect his family. So anybody saying, oh, well, you know, you pulling the Diana car, you didn't have to say, you know, stop. Because Megan deserves to be protected. And that's what it boils down to when I hear someone saying, oh, well, Harry, you pulled the Diana card. And anybody who has a problem with the statement, specifically him mentioning his mother, you're saying you you don't think Megan deserves to be protected. Megan deserves protection. 
non-white women also deserve protection. And I know that's a hard pill for many of y'all to swallow. But let me say it again, just in case you didn't hear me. Non-white women deserve protection. At a minimum. And this ain't even about non-white women. It's about Megan and her husband. So, yeah, that's the only thing that really irks me about anybody's reaction. But um, everyone else's reaction, for the most part, is as expected because we all recognize what bullying looks like and we know what bullying feels like. Most of us just on a small scale. But what they experience is bullying on a scale that none of us can relate to. And also they're being bullied in front of the world. So um, most people don't like to see that. And so now... Because of the statement, the drumbeat of support for them has gotten like louder than we've ever heard. Um, And there's a running list of people, like I said, who have publicly defended them up to this point, and many of them multiple times. Nacho, hey, Nacho, how you doing? (laughs) Anyway, uh, (laughs) y'all, I love Nacho. Um, Nacho, Ellen, Paul McCartney, girl. Michelle Obama, Oprah, Gail, Adele, Stacey Abrams, even Jessica Mulroney, girl, Jessica Alba, her friend Daniel, Serena, her classmates from middle school, fellow alumni from Northwestern, her former colleagues, as well as fans. Like, they have no shortage of support, but the statement has pretty much everybody except the tabloids and the critics speaking up for them, as well as people who otherwise wouldn't have or didn't even know that this was an issue. So that's good to see. Going forward, do I expect a change in the way that Harry and Meghan are covered by the tabloid press? No, not really. But my expectations for the tabloids are in the toilet. So, you know, do with that what you will. But the only way I see them changing their coverage is if people stop buying the tabloids. And I'm not saying don't, again, it's one thing to be critical. It's another thing to lie. So because of the way the industry is, the nature of the industry, I just think people should just stop buying them and clicking on their articles altogether. Then they'll be forced to evaluate how they got into that situation because money is really the only way to make some like an entity like that change tack. That's it. Hit them in the pockets. That's the saying right there. But that has to happen on a larger scale that motivates them to do better. And again, it is a dying industry, but people still click and they still buy the dailies. But I hope the statement is a big blow to that because, as Harry said, they have destroyed lives and they continue to try to destroy lives without thinking about the consequences. And to me, that's borderline criminal. So understand the Daily Mail isn't the only offender. And again, we're seeing that today. We're we're literally seeing that play out. They're just one of the dumb ones who get to get sued. So if you do dumb things, you get dumb prizes. And they got a lawsuit as a prize. 
But again, don't be fooled into thinking that they're the only ones because clearly they're not. Now we can add the sun. We can add the mirror. And by the way, Daily Mail wasn't even the first ones. Harry's <laughs> Harry is a suing type individual. He's won a couple of lawsuits. Um, and, and he's not the first royal family member to sue. But um, damn, he's doing it quite frequently. And I hope that there are people in this industry who have written about Harry <laughs> and Meghan and I hope that they're so scared because that's what they deserve. That's what they deserve. They deserve to not know what's coming next. Oh, I live. I live. I love it. I love it. And there are reporters who may not work for the vilest of the vile, like the sun and the male, but they're just as nasty as those who do. And they have an agenda, too. So don't believe the hype. They're just better at hiding it. Or rather, maybe they just consult their legal department a little bit more frequently. But I, I just like not knowing or I like them not knowing what what, you know, the Sussexes have up their sleeve because they've been working on this for a long time. So imagine this. They're doing all of this work preparing for the tour. They're doing all of this work to prepare for Megan coming out of maternity leave because she's now she's working again. Um and they're building a lawsuit. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I love it. I hope they had fun while it lasted because it looks like the party is over. Um, so, you know, come collect your party pieces and... Um, yeah, oh, my God. Get ready. Get ready for this ride y'all about to go on, I hope. Uh because it'll be fun for me to watch. But uh, that is pretty much all I have for today. Like I said, I will do a another, probably another podcast. I don't really know that it'll be on a Thursday, um, but I'll, I'll try to. Because I don't really want to talk about the new lawsuits until I know a little bit more about them. I just wanted to go ahead and record this one because, um, you know, I've, I've been meaning to. <laughs> um I still have to do one on the tour, just my thoughts on the tour and just what it means and, and so many of the great things that I really appreciated about the tour itself. So I'll do that um, hopefully sooner rather than later while the tour is still fresh in our memories. But um, thank y'all as always. Please don't forget to leave a rating or review on iTunes. I would really appreciate that. Thanks to those who already have. Definitely hit me up on Twitter or on Instagram, on Twitter at Sussex Squad, on Instagram at Sussex Set. And don't forget to subscribe. When you subscribe on iTunes, you get the podcast way before YouTube gets it. So if you listen to podcasts on your phone, definitely go to iTunes, hit subscribe. That way you get it really within seconds of me actually uploading the podcast because sometimes to be honest I might not be able to upload the podcast to YouTube on the same exact day because my schedule is really really filling up right now so um just doing what I can so I'm trying to give you all different options so iTunes is the place or wherever you get your podcast Stitcher um Spotify I'm, I'm on there I think and um I'm on most of them, okay? So 
I listen to my podcast on my phone. But yes, I know you guys like to chat. So um, I'll try my best to continue to do that, um, even if it's just the audio, because I like to do the visual component because that's just what I like. But anyway, thank you guys very much. And definitely look out for, I guess, part two or an additional commentary on this, because um, again, it appears that it is ongoing. And um, I'm very proud of Harry. Like I said, it takes guts to do this. It takes guts to stand up to bullies. So that's a lesson for everybody. So until next time, thanks for tuning in. Peace. I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me. Kill me.